If you would like more information about Jubilee Church, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. As he said, come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. All right. Well, today is a day that some of us really look forward to. Uh, we, we think about it. We plan for it. We get ready for it. And uh, we, we love today. But sadly enough, there's a lot of people who ridicule us for making such a big deal of this particular day. Uh, we're even jeered at. A lot of people roll their eyes when we mention today, but I want you to know that uh, I'm not going to just go off in a corner and act like today doesn't exist. I'm not going to keep silent. I'm going to speak my mind about today. I'm, I'm going to speak about what this day is all about. And so with that, I want to say a very, very happy April Fool's Day. <laughs> pity laughs. Thank you. Good pity laughs. You're very good pity laughers. So especially you over there, because I can't hardly see you. So uh, you know, we are, thank you, very good, thanks, Jim. We are really delighted that you're with us on Easter Sunday. Oddly enough, it is April Fool's uh, Day. This Easter Sunday is the best day of the year because it celebrates the best day ever. Uh, but like I said, oddly enough, April Fool's Day, and I just, I couldn't help but try a little bad prank, even though it was, uh, but also reflecting back on some of the best pranks I've ever heard. And I thought I might share a few with you. What do you think? Yeah? Maybe you can pull this one later today on somebody else. So, uh, the guy who put the chicken bouillon in the shower nozzle so that when you turned on the shower, chicken soup came out. Pretty good, huh? Or the guy who at, put a horn as the door stopper so that when you open the door, it... That's pretty good. I would have loved to see their face. Or one of the pastors here, his wife, called him, and he had been having some sleeping problems. You know, he'd, he'd been kind of waking up, doing some things, and she calls him while he's at work. And she says, babe, and she's crying, fake crying, but she's crying. She's babe. I woke up and there's a pair of scissors in the bed and my hair is just all over the, you cut my hair last night while you were sleeping. And he, he had been like sleepwalking a little bit, doing some, and so he's, he starts freaking out on the other end of the line. He's, and she let him endure that. And so she just sat there, let him soak it up and then April Fool's, you know? So, you know, it's pretty good. I, I've never done one that good, but it's pretty good. April Fool's is about getting people to believe something that isn't true. And it's fun, it's short-lived, but there's a lie that isn't fun and isn't short-lived that, that all of us at some point or another have believed in our lives. Some of us may still believe this lie, and I'm calling it the greatest lie ever told. And I wanna talk about it today. The greatest lie ever told is that death is normal. I mean, think about it. All the problems that we address in our day, all the things we talk about around the water cooler, you know, taxes, the government, poverty, disease, the environment, all the things we talk about that are terrible. Is no one concerned with the fact 
that we are all going to die? I mean, all these things, important as they are, we are all going to die. That seems like something we should talk about, but we don't tend to think about death until it comes close to home for us, like right in our face. Then and only then do we tend to think about death. And I, I remember one of the times in my life where that happened to me. I remember it like it was yesterday. I got a call from my mom. It was early morning. I just moved to St. Louis. I was waking up and I get this call. And she says, son, Chris died. He was my best friend's dad. He, he had been like a second dad to me my entire life. I mean, he coached all of our baseball teams up until that point. Literally, he lived on a couple acres out in the country, literally built a baseball field with the fence and everything in the backyard of his house for his son and I that we could host games for our friends. He taught us how to wrestle. He, took a, he was like a second dad to me. And I get this call and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that, that he, he was gone because there was nothing leading up to that. He was an HVAC guy and he was just on a job and there was a... Uh, something that should have been grounded and it wasn't grounded and he touched the equipment and it, it was the end of his life. I remember my friend telling me, I said, man, how you doing? And he, he said, he said, man, I got lunch with my dad yesterday and everything was good. Now he's gone. I remember going to the funeral and just sitting there in disbelief, weeping, thinking, I just can't believe that he's gone. And then going onto this deserted road and just sitting in my car on the hood of my car, just in silence for hours, just thinking about how could it be possible that he's gone? And, and many of us have memories like that, painful as they are. I, I imagine what I felt and what we feel is similar to what Mary and Mary felt on the day that they went to the tomb of Jesus. I mean, here's Jesus, their hero, their savior, the one that they left everything for, that they've been spending the last three years following around, getting to know him and loving him and beginning to put their hope in him as the one who really would in death as the one who really would make all things right. And, and, and all of a sudden he's gone from them. I imagine what Mary and Mary felt is similar to what I felt. And they did the only thing that they knew to do. They went to his tomb to mourn his loss. It's the third day. I imagine they had been to his tomb already. They're going to make the final, they're going to finish the burial process to, 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 to begin to grieve the loss of this, God-man that they loved, that they thought was, was going to overcome death, and now he himself is gone. They went to say goodbye to the Son of God. And my question for us today is, why does death feel so wrong? Why is it so painful? Why, if every person on planet Earth follows the same exact pattern of we're born, and then we live our life, and then we die, why is it that every funeral we go to, every time we lose a loved one we, we are, and we're faced with death, we feel deep within our souls that something isn't right, that it shouldn't be this way, that we shouldn't have to feel lost like this. And, and, and one of my curiosities is that maybe our soul is telling us something about the way God designed our world to be. Maybe our soul is, is trying to show us that death actually never was a part of the plan. Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages or payment for our sin is death, that death came into our world through sin and that death wasn't the original plan of God. Genesis 1.27 tells us that God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. What Genesis 1.27 is telling us is that God in his love created us to be like him, to share his beauty, to enjoy his friendship, and actually to enjoy the love that we have with one another, to forever enjoy his creation and himself and give him glory with our lives that he didn't intend for us to die. 
Genesis also tells us that everything God made was good, which means the physical world was perfect, which means that there weren't hurricanes wiping out cities. There there wasn't disease like cancer and AIDS. It tells us that human relationships were perfect, which means that racism and gun violence and abuse, sexual harassment, gender inequality, slavery, human trafficking, these things did not exist in God's original plan. Oftentimes we look at these things and say, why God? God looks at us and said, it was our sin. In the creation, when God created everything that was good, instead of all these imperfections in human relationships and all this darkness in human relationships, there was love and perfect love between God and man and between one another. But even better than that, death itself did not exist. Sin came in and it ruined everything. Sin, it, it always destroys everything in its path. But, but the reality about sin is that sin doesn't, we don't see all of the effects of sin right away, which is maybe why we don't fear it. It takes a little while. In 1996, a chemistry professor at Dartmouth College in New Hampshire spilled one drop of dimethyl mercury on her hand, a man-made poison designed to cause a slow death. Ten months later, one drop of dimethyl mercury on her hand. Ten months later, she died. Slowly but surely, it ate away at her life. In the same way, slowly but surely, sin eats away at our life until there is nothing but death in its path. Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, they committed the very first sin. God created them and he gave them the garden and he gave them one another and he said, fill the earth, multiply, subdue the earth, enjoy it forever. He said, but this one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of that tree because the minute you have that kind of knowledge, you're gonna think you don't need me. But when Satan came along and he said, hey, Adam, hey, Eve, eat this fruit, they rebelled against God and they ate the fruit. And just like that drop of dimethyl mercury, it didn't seem massive in its implications at first, but slowly but surely it ate away at their life until there was nothing but death. First their marriage and then their work and then eventually the life of their son. Sin brings death to everything, but that's not the end of the story. 1 Corinthians 15, 22 tells us, for as in Adam all die, So also in Christ shall all be made alive. Adam failed to obey God. Jesus obeyed him perfectly. Adam sinned and brought sin and death into the entire world. Jesus came and he healed the sick. He forgave sin. He even brought the dead back to life. Jesus came to reverse the curse. He was God's answer to Adam's sin. I mean, as John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but inherit eternal life. God gave Jesus to us to save us. And the question that I'm asking this morning, I think we should be asking that Mary and Mary were asking is, God, if you gave him, why? Why did you take him away? If you gave him, why did you let him go like this? But when Mary and Mary arrived at the tomb that day, something happened, something that changed everything for them. And if we get a hold of it, it changes everything for us. I just want to read it for us again. It's verse two. And behold, there was a great earthquake For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has risen as he said, come see the place where he lay. This is that Jesus rose again. The idea of resurrection to us, it's ridiculous. 
I mean, you and I, at least most of us in the room, we think of resurrection and, and we're like, yeah, that's not real. We're happy with it as long as it stays in the camp of like the Easter bunny and Santa Claus, right? Like, yeah, that's a nice thought, it's a nice sentiment, but I mean, when's the last time you were at a funeral, you know, and the, and the guy in the coffin just pops up and is like, hey guys, don't sweat it, I'm good. I rose from the dead. You know, if I die again, don't even hold the funeral because a few days later, I'm just gonna do it again. Like, that's never happened to me. I don't know if it's happened to you. And that's not to say I don't believe it, because I actually do. I believe that Jesus came back from the dead. I believe that actually Jesus has the power to do that today, but I've never seen it. Uh, I've heard about it, like the article in USA Today in February 2015, documenting the story of John Smith, a 14-year-old boy who drowned in Lake St. Louis after 27 minutes of CPR with no success, 27 minutes of no pulse, his mom arrives at the hospital room and she begins praying in the name of Jesus that John would come back to life. All of a sudden, the doctors began proclaiming, we've got a pulse, we've got a pulse. And all the staff rushed in. You know what? John's fine today. I've read stories like that. I've read, I've read stories in this book like that, that that talk about the resurrection power of Jesus, but it's, it's hard for me to believe. It's hard for me to believe that resurrection power really does exist. I often, and and I think we often, approach these stories with skepticism, not with enthusiasm, which is why when I told that story, we didn't all go, yeah, it's amazing. We're like, I don't know, it could have been a little. It's understandable why we approach the supernatural with skepticism. It's understandable because our normal is death. The world in which we we live, the norm is death. But I'm, I'm here to say that Miracles are not a suspension of the natural order, but a restoration of the natural order. Death is not natural. It's not normal. It's an aberration. Death is our normal on earth, but resurrection power is the normal of heaven. And God wants to create in our life a new normal, resurrection power in us. And he does that through faith in the resurrection itself. Jesus wasn't there when they visited his tomb, for he had risen as he said, No other man in the history of the world has predicted his own death and resurrection and actually pulled it off. Jesus predicted his death and resurrection to the religious elite by telling them if they destroyed this temple, they thought he was talking about the temple. He said, if you destroy this temple, three days later, I'll rise it up again. He talked to them another time. They said, hey, Jesus, we want a sign. We we need to know that you're the savior. Like show us some miracles, show us something. And, And he said, here's what I'll show you. The sign of Jonah. Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale. So the son of man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That is a quote from Matthew chapter 12, verse 40. He predicted his own death and resurrection. He even predicted it to his disciples multiple times leading up to his crucifixion. This is before anyone ever arrested him and was getting ready to crucify him. Before that ever happened, he said to his disciples in Mark chapter nine, verse 31, he says, the son of man is being handed over to the hands of men and they will kill him. And when he is killed after three days, he will rise Again, his prediction of his own resurrection was so common that the chief priests and the Pharisees set guards at his tomb because they thought to themselves, man, he's been talking about this resurrection thing for so long. Those disciples, they're gonna come and they're gonna roll the stone away and they're gonna try and steal his body. They're gonna fake a resurrection. So look, put guards at the tomb. Don't let anybody fake anything. We're done with this Jesus thing. Keep him in the tomb. But that was a faulty plan because three days later, those same guards were the ones shaken at the angel and fallen on the ground like dead men. He got up out of that tomb and he rose again. A man who loved 
his enemies, who cared for women and children, who welcomed the outcast, who healed the sick, who even raised the dead. Could this be the Savior? Friends, who else could he be? Who else could this be? You can visit the tombs of other religious leaders. Mahatma Gandhi, the Raj God in India, or Muhammad under the green dome in Saudi Arabia. You'll, you'll find their bodies or at least the remains thereof. If you visit the tomb of Jesus Christ, you're not finding anything because he is risen as he's said. The angel said to Mary and Mary, come, see for yourself. I believe that God is saying that to many of us today. I believe that God today is saying to many of us who are maybe a little skeptical, who are maybe a little like, I don't know about the whole resurrection thing. God is saying to us, come, just come and see for yourself. You've wondered if there's more to life than this. You've wondered if there's more than just the nine to five. You've wondered if God really could be who he says he is. I believe that God would say to us today, just come and see. Mary and Mary, they're going to the tomb to finish the burial process. They're expecting death. I mean, look, Jesus said to all of his disciples, I'm gonna die three days later, I'm back up. There's no disciples at the tomb with a little stopwatch, like two days, four hours, 39 minutes, man, it's almost here, he's about to run. No, they're all gone. They're not there. Actually, matter of fact, one of Jesus's best friends, Thomas, doubting Thomas, said, look guys, so the, 11, the other disciples, Jesus appears to them and he's like, guys, I'm alive. And they all run and tell Thomas and Thomas is like, nah, not buying it. And no, no, he's alive, he's alive. And Thomas, Thomas says, no, unless I can actually put my finger in the holes in his hand and then put my hand in his side where they pierced him, unless I can do that, I'm not buying it. And Jesus shows up and he's like, hey buddy, you can put your finger in my hand there and my side, you can just stick your hand right in there. I want you to know, he appeared to Thomas in his skepticism. He's okay with doubt. He can deal with it. Because when we finally come to grips with saying, you know what, I don't believe, he says, let me show myself to you. But when we just put on the facade of, oh yeah, I believe that stuff, he's like, I'm not gonna deal with that. But when we are like Thomas and we say, Lord, I don't know if I believe this stuff, he can meet us there. What if this Easter God brought you in this room that he might break this lie at work in your life that death is normal? What if on April Fool's Day, God brought you here so that you could hear that death is not normal and that resurrection power is God's desire for your life? What if the Son of God who died on a cross for your sins and mine and rose from the dead three days later, defeating death, reversing the curse of sin so that we might have life with him forever. What if Jesus was in this room right now by his Holy Spirit calling your name saying, come to me and I will give you life and life to the full. What if he was calling you right now by name saying, come, come, confess your sin and you'll be forgiven. Come, Come, surrender your life and you will have everlasting life with me forevermore. Come, that you might become a child of God. I believe that he is. I believe that he is here by his Holy Spirit making that invitation today because God loves us and his love caused him to raise a man from the dead that we might have life in his name. And there's a whole community of people here that believe this message They've trusted, they've seen, they've experienced resurrection power in their life through the name of Jesus, but they cannot experience it for you. It can only be experienced by coming for yourself and seeing him, Christ crucified, who three days went into the grave and then victoriously resurrected from it. And so I wanna invite you today to respond, whatever your response 
may be. Whether you're doubting Thomas, whether you're already a believer, I want to invite you today to respond to this message. And I believe that if we do, God will meet us where we're at. So if you'll pull out that communication card, if you pull out that communication card we walked, walked through earlier, on the back of that card, that second section down, it says, my response today is, and there's four things you can do. It's real simple. A, B, C, D. A, B, C, D. Maybe you're already a believer and the response for you today is to rejoice in the resurrection. I would love it if you checked that box. I'm already a believer. I'm rejoicing in the resurrection. Maybe today is the day that you begin a relationship with Jesus Christ that you say, you know what? I've never actually taken the step of saying, Jesus, I believe in you and I wanna surrender my life to you. And today's the day that you begin a journey with him. If, if, if that's where you're at, if you're like, yeah, I, I do believe and I do wanna surrender, check that box, begin a relationship with Jesus and we'll, we'll reach out to you this week and help you get started on this journey. Maybe for you, it's come back to learn more. You're like, I don't know, I'm not sure, but I wanna come, I wanna learn more about Jesus. Check that box. That's a great spot to be. Maybe, maybe if you just want to be real honest, you're in the place of saying, I don't ever see myself becoming a Christian. Like, you know what, God, if you want to just show up to me in the night and prove yourself to me, then okay. But otherwise, I don't, I don't see myself really ever doing this. Check that box. Be honest. Because that's what Thomas thought. And yet Jesus met him in his skepticism. And if you'd like, you can check that box that says, talk with a pastor. And we'll give you a call this week. Maybe answer any questions you might have or do our best to. Uh, maybe just pray for you and hear what's going on in your life. But if you wanna speak with a pastor, check that box. We'll reach out to you this week. If you are beginning a relationship with Jesus Christ today, if that's the box you check, the next step for you is baptism. Baptism is a public declaration of faith in Jesus. It's, it's a public declaration that you believe that this is the son of God who died and three days later was risen. And it's also a declaration that you've surrendered your life to him. Doesn't mean you're perfect because none of us are. But what it means is you've surrendered your life to him and received his life in return. And as a matter of fact, we're gonna have some people get baptized here in just a moment. We're gonna celebrate with them. And when they go down into the water, what they're symbolizing is their sins being washed away when they expressed faith in Jesus. And that their old life, as bad as it was, whatever it was, that their old life is gone that that person died with Christ on the cross. And when they come up out of the water, what they're symbolizing is that they are forever forgiven and given a new life in Christ where they're going to follow him forever right into eternity. And so we're gonna celebrate with these people. And when they do get baptized, we are gonna like raise the roof on this place. We are gonna celebrate and clap and scream like lunatics because this is the biggest day in their life the day of going public with their faith in Christ. And if you know them personally, after uh, all three baptisms are done, we're just gonna come up here and lay hands on them and pray for them that they would be filled with God's spirit and filled with joy in this new life in Christ. And then the band's gonna lead us in a song. We're just gonna sing, celebrating the resurrected Jesus. So with that, let's get started with the first baptism. Trayvon, you wanna jump in the tank, brother? <laughs> 